Sarah, how are we doing today? Patrick, we're great. What's going on with you? You're in a cheery mood at 6.33 LA time. You know, it's my old radio days. You know, Patrick, for years, I got up at like 3.30 in the morning, 4 in the morning. It reminds me of getting ready for the morning show. You know, so I'm up and at them. All good. Yeah, you probably have as many viewers or listeners. <laughs> <laughs> same amount, same amount. I like. I, are you a morning person? I'm a morning person. Like, if I would rather work a morning shift than a night shift, like any day. I'm definitely more morning than night. Yeah. I, but I'm not like a four thirty five a.m. morning person. Oh, really? I could do that. I could do that. Well, I did it for you. I could do that again. Uh, you no, know, I'm I'm six five forty five six. Dog yeah. out, workout. Yeah, I'm definitely more morning than night. I mean, I I'd, you know, I like easing into the day better than getting up at four thirty and like you know getting ready for work. But I could still do. I like the four thirty. Even when we go out on the weekends, if you know you you know how you like you cross over. So if you, it's like nine thirty, ten o'clock, or nine thirty ish, and you've had a couple of drinks, and either you know if you like you're tired, you go home, you fall asleep. Yeah. But if you stay. <laughs> And you cross over, as they say, then it's like, you know, whatever. It's on. Then you're up till three. Yeah, it's on. (laughs) Well, I'm about three. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. It's been a long time since I've been. If I'm up at three, I don't feel well. Okay, okay. All right. Well, not quite three. Midnight. Um, Yeah, yeah, midnight is, midnight's midnight's a good, as you get older, you back up. It's like, you know how like, you know, daylight savings or whatever. As you get older, your time backs up. You fall back. <laughs> you fall back. <laughs> I'll tell you, like, with uh, almost one-year-old, I mean, there's just no way. Like, it, you can't, I don't know, you can't do anything. Like, I mean, that you kid gets. You can't sustain it. You can't sustain it. Like, you know you have a 6.15, I don't know, wake-up call. And do you, do you have, a, like, a nanny or anybody watching or daycare or anything yet? Oh, God, that's a whole thing. Uh, well, we have this nanny two days a week that we co-share with this family, but it is not nearly enough. But nobody out here sends their kids to daycare because we, we like a daycare. Like he loves other kids. Can't yeah. find a daycare. So now we're on in the hunt of trying to find another nanny part-time. Mm-hmm. I, oh my God, Patrick. It's a, <laughs> that's a you, you don't miss those days of finding childcare. It's no. so much work. We have enough time finding dog care. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's the same hunt, like who you trust. It's although so... you can put a dog in a crate for four or five hours. Oh, that'd be nice. Tra- yeah, Tra- well, you could do that with a child, but I'm <laughs> thinking that would be against some sort of. Yeah, might. Yeah, might be a problem. Um, all right, where do you want to start today? What lots going on in the world always? Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. How's the uh, weather in DC? Is it getting warmer? Oh, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous weekend. It was 70. Mm. Golf was great. Uh, Today's going to be low 60s, then crappy for a few days. Cherry blossoms are out. What can be better? Oh, the blossoms are out. Is this the week? Is this like the cherry blossom week? Oh, well, yeah. We had, you know, we interviewed 72 people this week who told us it's peak bloom, whatever that means. Okay. I don't, I don't care. The the blossoms are at their best. You see see them once, great. I mean, I have to say, like, they're beautiful to drive by, but they're not worth, like, the crowding and the lines. I don't not know. even drive by, the, the traffic. Like, I, I like to see them from our camera that we have down there. That's perfect. <laughs> That's Good distance. It. Sitting in my office, 
I see the blossoms. It's perfect. Yeah, that's all you need. I know when you so live I'm, there. I'm actually running the um, 10 mile cherry blossom on April 3rd. And it, well, are they even going to be around? I doubt it, right? Don't they, oh, don't they blossom for like two weeks and that's it? Yeah, no, they'll be there still, but it'll be like the tail end. Is this it's your, the only reason I run the race? Is this your I, first race in a while? No, no, I uh, actually ran a little one Sunday morning. It really wasn't a race. It was just a bunch of hills. Oh. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, the cherry blossom, which was canceled last March or April, they ran in October. So I did run that in October. Oh, okay, okay. So you've been running races right along. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't race anymore. I just jog and chat with people that's my you know my work. jog and chat i want to see you jogging and chatting with people what are you chatting with people you chatting oh my god this is well, hysterical yeah. probably not but <laughs> i certainly I don't run hard anymore jogging. those days are over oh my god patrick that made me laugh it's um, a stroll now it's a stroll hey at least you're still doing it i mean i am i am that's impressive i did yeah all right, you're running. What you know? What else is going on? Where do you want to start? Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, Supreme Court. All right, yeah. Let's let's talk that. She's definitely going to get through, don't you think? Oh, she's not. Uh, well, Kentaji Brown Jackson uh, started the hearing started yesterday. You know, I thought her opening statement was was very good. Obviously, it's going straight down the lines, most likely of you know partisan uh, politics, but. You know, with the Democrats having 50 senators and Kamala being the uh, deciding vote, if they need her, she will get confirmed. She's very impressive. Um, it's it's so, you know, you know, we've talked about this for years. It's they're all hypocritical, right? You know, a, a Republican's up. They ask these crazy questions. The Democrats ask these crazy questions. And now the Republicans are doing the same thing. And. The other side calls them out as, you know, misogynist or racist or whatever. And both sides, it's, it's you know, the job of the Senate for Supreme Court justice nominee is advise and consent. Mm -hmm. That's it, right? You know, we talked about this. The days of this woman should get 90 votes. Right. There's always going to be, you know, 10, you know, dissenters. She should get 90 votes because the president elections have consequences. Biden won the election, just like Trump had won and nominated who he believed. Right. As long as there's nothing in their background, no improprieties, no questionable ethics, none of that stuff. That's it. You should vote for them. Like it, you shouldn't be fifty-one forty-nine confirming a Supreme Court justice, and that's shameful on both sides of the aisle. Well, Absolutely shameful. I did read an interesting Gorsuch, Barrett, you know, and listen, Kavanaugh on the end, more than qualified. She's extremely qualified, Katanji. Uh, it should be ninety votes, eighty-seven. You know, what, whatever the number is. You know, at some point, if you look at the numbers, it, they just as it got as this country became and Congress became and the Senate became more and more political, 
the, 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 that number came down and down and down. And, and it's shameful. It, it really is. And frankly, I think the, those that have, are sitting on the court, because of all this, there's so much pressure on them. And you could see in the decisions, they do, I mean, unfortunately, in many cases, you know, make their decision based on ideological, political ideological uh, lines. And um, I, like, I believe I was talking to a friend of mine who's an attorney and he actually, you know, he said there should never be a five, four decision ever. Really? Okay. Yeah. There just shouldn't be. If you're interpreting the constitution okay, or you're following the constitution, even the interpretation, maybe one person has a, two people have a different, but not four or five. Right. That So, and this is the problem with having a divided Congress because they're not passing laws that are keeping up with where we are in society based on how the constitution was written. And therefore judges at every level believe they have to write laws from the bench. And this is the whole, this becomes a, uh, yeah, like- a cascading problem, you know, at, at various levels of, of the judicial system. So, um, but yeah, she'll get confirmed and hopefully, you know, she's true to her word and, you know, well, she's been, look, she's been a judge for many years. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure they can see her track record. She says, obviously, she'll be independent. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, I did read an interesting Washington Post article about why Republicans shouldn't vote for her, which basically is really everything you said. But now every case that comes to the Supreme Court really has some sort of political um, motivation. Well, and because, so, right, because Congress, as I said, Congress yeah. is not passing laws that— Listen, you know, right. What you a, a, a true a, a constitutionalist, you know, the Constitution was written very long ago. Mm-hmm. Things have changed. Society has changed. You know, the world has changed. So Congress has to pass these laws. Right. And they just so then they can interpret. Is that law constitutional? Sure. And or, hey, this is the law. It is constitutional. Therefore, this is what we're following. So, uh, but she's impressive. um, And, you know, she'll get through. I think she'll get two or three Republican votes. So I don't think it'll be 50-50. Okay. Uh, I think she'll get Collins. I think she'll get Murkowski. She may get Romney. So I'm going to say those three. So I think it's 53-47 and she gets confirmed. Boom. We heard it here. All right. I like that. Let's touch on some COVID real quick. You know, obviously we've talked COVID for two years now on this podcast. Unbelievable. Got to admit, I didn't even pay any attention to the B1, B2 variant until I saw you tweet about it. Uh, And uh, now that I'm vaxxed, boosted, and I've had COVID, sadly, I don't think about it a lot. So, um, Nor nor should you, right? So (laughs) I really don't. And even here in L.A., I got to tell you, California getting ready to lift, even asking people to show their vaccine card. I don't know about Los Angeles County. California is a state. And I got to tell you, the more places you go, they don't care. We've talked about this ad nauseum. You know, we have a county executive here in Montgomery County, Maryland, Mark Elrich. I just don't understand his thought process. He tweets every day how many cases. So yesterday he tweeted, we had 44 cases. Please get vaccinated. 
number one, vaxxed and boosted people can still get Omicron, right? We know it. Uh, yeah, I've had it. There's no defense to it. It only protects you from hospitalization and death, number one. Number two, 44 out of millions of people. That live in the area, I know. He, he doesn't want to give it up. He just doesn't. And he's setting up. My tweet was, there's no death. So you got this BA2 variant in Europe coming to the United States. More people are going to get it, right? Those that are vaccinated are going to get the BA2. All indications. Sure. Are all studies so far of this variant say it's even more mild than the current BA1 Omicron variant. So what are we worried about? But I'm telling you, mark my words, in counties like Montgomery County, if the cases start going up to two, 300 per day, which they will, he's going to try to reinstitute protocols. He can't give it up. He won't give it up. It's just, it's crazy. The only metric you should be looking at now, not the only one, but the main metric when it comes to variants are people who are vaccinated going to the hospital with, with COVID, right? Not testing positive once they're in the hospital for something else with COVID. Is COVID causing people, is a variant of COVID causing people to go to the hospital that are vaccinated? Right. Then if that number is starting to rise and hit some sort of threshold, well, then, yeah, we got to be concerned. Because if I'm vaxxed and boosted and I'm still going to the hospital, well, you got a serious problem on your hands. Right. Right. But short of that, everyone's moved on. Everyone. March Madness was insane in bars. St. Patty's Day was crazy. You got people everywhere. Every game's packed. Talk about, I, I tweeted about this too. I just hate things for theater purposes so ncaa basketball games all over the country yeah okay obviously the players aren't wearing masks coaches aren't wearing masks the kids on the bench aren't wearing masks almost no one in the stadium is wearing a mask yet they're forcing the press row you know the statisticians and the press in the front row that's on tv they all have masks on and the i saw you tweet about that yeah yeah yeah. Like, what are we? Cheerleaders are wearing masks when the players and every fan are. Why are we making cheerleaders who are at the end line of a of a basketball court have to wear masks while they're cheering? Like, who came up with that? Uh, Some idiot. It is. It's so ridiculous. It's. I don't know. It's, it's so embarrassing. Ridiculous. And you know what happens when people do that stuff, like Mark Elrich, and the CDC doesn't keep up, then no one believes future issues sure it's like it's like you know they you know the, the old um what was the cartoon or the, the you know the um robin hood or what, what was it not robin hood um cartoon wolf. cry wolf oh yeah yeah you can't you can't cry wolf in a pandemic you can't force mitigation things that are just theater cheerleaders at the end of a thing in a stadium packed of people not wearing masks players right around them not wearing masks Coaches play. Stop, Joe. I know it is. It. Whoever at the NCA, it's completely for TV. You notice? I'm telling you, watch the games. It's only the front row that that like. So there are the announcers, the the statisticians, the team. You know, probably comms people, and um, and other reporters and so forth. Anyone in that front row there, they're they're all in masks. And the entire stadium is like drinking beer and 
and and not in a mess. It's a joke. It's, it's so joke. crazy. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. I mean, I've moved on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even here, L.A. County. I mean, you of course you see people wearing masks. There are certain you know, um, but for the most part, you don't even you wouldn't even know. You would not even know. Um, do you want to talk sports now that we're kind of on sports, yeah. or you want to come back to that? No, we can talk sports. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Well, what's your thought on – I want to hear your thoughts on March Madness. I want to talk about the Commanders acquiring Carson Wentz, What yes. you know, how you feel about that. The, um, big, the big news of the week, though, was um, – so, you know, Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, they drafted him number one several years back, had a great year two years ago, got them to the playoffs – they actually won a playoff game for the first time in a long, 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 long time. Became a you know hero in Cleveland. Did not have a great year last year. Did get hurt in game two, okay. which that just hurt him through the entire season. He tried to play through it. Uh, didn't have a great year. They didn't make the playoffs. Uh, so Deshaun, fast forward to the Houston Texans quarterback from two years ago, Deshaun Watson, who was accused by 22 women of sexual assault. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. In, in, in like um, massage parlors and all kinds of stuff like that. Investigation. So he didn't play at all last year. Investigation. Okay. Uh, there will be no criminal charges filed. So as soon as that happened, he's back on the market. Okay. And uh, he was traded to, uh, so Cleveland tried to trade for him. It fell through. Baker obviously found out, Baker Mayfield, and said, I want to trade. You disrespected me, da, 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 I want to trade. Well, the trade between Cleveland and Deshaun <clears throat> got reengaged, and Deshaun Watson signed a $230 million contract with Cleveland. He's still facing a ton of civil suits and could potentially still be suspended by the NFL, but they wanted to move on so bad from Baker Mayfield that they signed Deshaun Watson. Now Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback has better stats. I think ultimately will help Cleveland more, but now we don't know what happens to Baker. Uh, they thought the Colts, uh, because the Colts traded Carson Wentz to our lovely commanders. Yes. Uh, with $28 million uh, cap hit. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, what do you, you know, I feel like we go through this every couple of years with the commanders. You know, they, they bring in somebody we all get super excited about. I don't know. You know, I mean, I feel I like know. there's I think so Carson much. Wentz is, I think Carson Wentz is a guy people will know by the name of Jeff George. Great, great physique great skills had a couple great years but just couldn't sustain it too many mistakes too many injuries we'll see okay. i think he's better than what we have i don't think he's worth the 28 million dollar cap hit which limits their ability to kind of improve the team so then the colts trade wentz they don't have a quarterback the conventional wisdom is baker mayfield's going to go to the colts but no, they trade for Matt Ryan from the Falcons. So the Falcons hey. have moved on from Matt Ryan. So who knows? But it's been a crazy week in the NFL. Um, March Madness has been fantastic. I've actually watched more than I thought I would this year. All right. Um, okay. Some some really good games. 
Um, I could care that, less, but you know we had to watch Michigan State in our house, who lost obviously to Duke. Lost to Duke. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he, Mike Shushevsky's last go around, he won his twelve hundredth game. Which the, you know, say what you want. I know there's a lot of Duke haters out there. My husband is one. He can't stand Mike Shushevsky. He says he's an awful human being. Well, we don't. I, I don't know why your husband is saying that, but <laughs> players love him. They come back. They, they think of him as a father figure. He's run a very, very, very clean program for almost all the time he's been there. I mean, think about this. 1,200 victories in his coaching career. That includes Army and Duke. He's coached for 46 years. Okay. Averaging over 24 wins a year, some like number like that. 25 wins a year. It's insane. Okay. It's insane. Say like, so why would you hate on him? Oh, oh, Dan has a whole thing. I should ask, I should, I should bring Dan in. Uh, Dan doesn't like to, you know, his grandson was um, involved in, uh, Dan knows all the details. You know, the details, the grandson was involved in some drunk driving incident. Um, Dan thinks that, you know, um, doesn't like the way he handled that. There's like a whole thing. I think he's pompous. Can't stand this whole like year. of. That's the whole dookie thing, right? You know, Duke's the elite private school. North Carolina's the state school, and la da 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 whatever. You know what? I, to me, even like if you're a Tom Brady hater or you know LeBron hater, at some point you have to look at what they've accomplished and say, "Damn!" To okay, sustain wait. that kind of success for that long. You know, Hold we'll on, see. I want to get Dan's quote. Dan, um, I'm doing Patrick's podcast. Come tell us, why do you hate Mike Krzyzewski? Why, why are you not a Duke? He's a hypocrite. Okay, wait. A, tell Patrick. Patrick, he's pompous. He's a hypocrite. He does, he, he's, a, he's, he's a bit of a fraud. He, Come on camera because right. we're not recording. Okay. okay. So, morning. Hi, Dan. All the things I don't like about Coach K. I mean, you can't, you can't doubt his success, but. Okay, that's all. Yeah, see, right? that's what I was so, saying. So if that's years. the measurement, so be it. But. The stuff like chastising an opposing player for talking smack. As a coach, you don't talk to – you let the coach discipline your own players. So you didn't like Bobby Knight then? No. Bobby – you know, Bob, well, Bobby Knight or, disciplining his own players is one thing. but Or, La- or Larry Brown or – No, I mean, it's – Listen, like – As a coach, you don't discipline the players on the other team. That's not your responsibility. How about how about the fact that the the moment Duke was having a bad season, he had a back problem, and and then those games, those losses, didn't count against his permanent record. Or oh, okay, that yeah, that's okay. But twelve hundred wins. Come no, on. I get it. I, I'm not doubting. I'm not doubting. And there will oh, never be yeah. no. There will never be another coach who has that record. I mean, from part of it is longevity. Part of it is just. The culture of uh, of college hoops that no coach will ever be in a in an institution that long. So yeah. you're gonna I give I give him credit for longevity, for success, for winning. But he's also but also don't you think it's the eliteness of Duke, Duke versus like Carolina, which is a state school? Oh sure, I think there, a, there's, I think there's a part of it too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the Cameron Crazies and you're like, these guys are like. 
there there is a level of schadenfreude when all those kids were crying at Coach K's last home game because they yeah. lost, right? <laughs> they lost. Like there there is an element to that. There's no doubt about it. But you know, like I I find him to be disingenuous in the sense like when COVID hit in two years ago. He was one of the first coaches to step forward to say we shouldn't be playing the tournament. Yeah, no shit. Your team's number. Your team might not even make the tournament, and if they are, okay. they're going to be bounced. But you're you're assuming that's why he. No, did that's it. that's absolutely why. Because not that he was not that he was in his seventies. No, like, he and, he and takes, didn't want to get COVID and maybe croak. He on takes the cause. He 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 goes he goes to bat on causes and and where if anyone else were to do something. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I, I'm no, not. No, I'm right. not we a, got I, kids. We got everything. This yeah, is great. exactly. Uh, Dan, a, last thing on. I will say though, you know, <laughs> there there is a little bit of you know the fact that he has survived for so long. I mean, the players love him. Supposedly, they come back. They all want to be there. I'm sure. That, well, know, and, and who was? Well, he he you know he was smart. To, he was smart to keep his hands off the money. He had a bag man. So he didn't have to. He didn't have to do any of the work. Now Dan throwing out accusations of of impropriety. Come on, go ahead, go career. ahead and search Shashevsky Bagman, and you'll see it. Oh boy! All right, Patrick, you got. All right. Well, you know what? He had to keep up with uh, you know the the UNLVs of the no. World. I get it. I, it, it. I mean, the reality is that this sort and of no stuff, disrespect to UNLV there, by no, the way. No, but UNLV <laughs> was the quintessential you know dirty program. Yeah. I mean, like. I, I haven't. Uh, are you watching the Lakers show on uh, HBO? I have not started it. I heard it's great, though. Yeah, it's we're we're two episodes in. We didn't watch the third, but apparently there's a section uh, where they try to recruit Tarkanian to be the Lakers coach. Oh, really? And yeah. the mob did not allow him to leave. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. By the way, the one and dones and stuff. It, <sighs> If we probably knew what really was going on in college basketball all these years, it'd be like, yeah, no, it's it, it's it's a whole. We're going to get a, a complete tangent, but so you're not going to cry with, a tear for uh, with, Mike Shashevsky if he loses this well, weekend with nil rights. That's going to change everything. Um, yeah, I so, agree. Plus the portal, the portal's going to change and has changed everything as well. Let's make this a family affair. Um, <laughs> I said the port. The portal's going to change everything. Oh, the portal already or has. has. Already has. Yeah. And, and it's and it's changing it in every sport. I was talking to one of my one of my colleagues is a college coach, and the 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 portal has just changed everything in every sport. Um, but with basketball, long story short, Shashevsky deserves a lot of credit. There will never be another Coach K, and but at the same time, he is no saint. All right, I have a question for you. Also, soccer question: Does mm-hmm. the U.S. men's team? Get it done this week and make the World Cup. They should. They should. I mean, the the numbers are on their side. I, I'm not yeah. anticipating a result in Mexico on Thursday. Um, but Panama, they have to get it. But yeah, there. I mean, and part of it is like, you know, they're they're they they will likely get some help from some of the other results. But if if they don't qualify, it will Ugh. be it will be even worse than 2018. Hundred percent. Yeah, but 100%. They, they should. I, I'm not sold on Bearhalter as the coach. I, Neither. I Sarah and I have actually talked yeah. about it. Okay. Um. Um. To I, me, this is the United States of America. You should have one of the best soccer coaches in the world coaching this team. I would agree. And the thing is, like, uh, it's international soccer is important. Having a coach who's familiar with the um, with your national culture is important. That's why a lot of a lot of foreign coaches don't 
have a lot of success. Yeah, that's why they didn't like Klinsman. Yeah, and Klins, Klinsman tried to do some things that now Klinsman, you know, he had lived in Southern California for like twenty years prior, so he he was fairly well. But Klinsman was kind of flaky. Um, but Bearhalter, but he was he was right though that the U.S. Oh, absolutely. Young players had to play in Europe, and you're seeing that now. I oh, mean, you know, eight. I think the expected eight or nine of the eleven starters will all. Playing. One 100%. If, if you want to be, if you want to play, if you want to develop, you got to be in the best environment and that's where it is in Europe. Um, and, and you're seeing it where there are still some players like this is the thing with bear helter that drives me bonkers. He's loyal to a fault with certain players like Jesse Zardes and, yeah. and Zardes is not an international forward no. yet. He still no. gets minutes. Plus, plus he, he has the MLS mindset and that's where yes. he leans. But and yeah, we can we can have a whole podcast just on how well, I think the MLS needs to change their calendar and do yes. all kinds of things. Well, the other thing the other thing is U.S. soccer is completely dysfunctional from top to bottom, and and you know Bearhalter's brother was like the CEO when yeah. he got hired, so it's and not to say that Bearhalter wasn't the best candidate that was available, but they they U.S. soccer they want all of their coaches to live in Chicago. Yeah. So for even like their U15 national team coach, they want them to live in Chicago so they can all interact and, and get together. Well, most of the best coaches don't live in the Midwest. They, they, no, they're living in, sure. they live in California. <laughs> they live in Florida and yeah, they, they don't want to live in Chicago. And it's one of those things where us, if, if, if you were to go on the, the soccer jobs board, every 90, every year and a half, there's a new posting for us soccer or youth national coach, because they can't retain coaches because a they don't pay well, and then b they're forcing you to live in Chicago. Not to say Chicago is a bad city, but I love Chicago. Yeah, so do I. But the coaches want to live. I mean, there's no reason why they can't yeah, live live yeah live where they want to live and work remotely because that's right. and never mind the fact that all of your national camps are in Chula Vista. So it's like. Right. Yeah, it's 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 U yeah. U.S. soccer is dysfunctional. So so now we have a soccer podcast. We got to start right. Go. This is going to be Fox soccer. soccer oh. and Fox Five Soccer Talk with Dan. Fox and Patrick. Five Soccer Talk with Dan and Patrick. Sarah, you're out. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I you wouldn't know, be Holly's, shocked. Get Holly's husband in there. He he likes soccer too. Oh yeah. Listen, we, oh my Sarah. God. Sarah, you just you just podcasted yourself out of a job. I wouldn't be shocked. I would. I'll just produce the audio. Fair enough. Also, I mean, another episode, but you really need to come on and talk the future of the Republican Party. Oh, you mean the the compromised Republican Party? I can. I, we can. We can talk more about that. Patrick, you're a Marvel fan, aren't you? I am. Okay. Yeah. Remember when it was revealed that Hydra had infiltrated Shield and and Shield was compromised? Yes. That's basically that what the Republican Party is. is. All right, we can talk about that. that <laughs> okay. I no longer have a job. Bye. Uh, bye, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> okay, All right, Patrick. that took a turn. <laughs> that took a turn. You got a whole nother tot take. All right, there's stopped. sports. That was good. We, that was our sports uh, segment brought to you by. There you go. He really, yes. I mean, look, we should bring him in on sports because he knows way more. You two know a lot more about sports. It's good, though. <laughs> Yes. I like talking to you because it makes me feel like I actually know more when I don't really. <laughs> look, the reality is I make you look the best, okay? I mean, because yeah. Yeah. I am clueless. Um, that's the truth. All right. Well, we've covered sports now. Um, we've covered our Supreme Court, ju- uh, you know, nomination. All right. What else? What else? We were. Uh, do you want to talk well, later? So I, I have actually a, it's a sports and culture question for you. Okay. 
What do you think of the entire uh, Leah Thomas swimming NCAA championship uh, look, craziness? I, I, I will say this. I, I honestly, how many people are for this is a actual debate for the future of women, the future of men's. Well, I think it's different, you know, when it's yeah, men. It is, but, diff- it is different. Yeah. But I mean, this is a legit discussion now in college. I, look, I'm with, I, we've said it a million times on this podcast. Trans individuals should have the right to compete in every sport. 100%. But I do not see, I mean, she just, Leah Thomas just won what? The first NCAA she beat, wasn't it Katie Ledecky's? Uh, she, um, she won the 500. She's the national champion. She was ranked 462nd swimmer last year as a male. And now she um, is ranked number one in the 500 meter. Uh, yeah, listen, I I agree with you. I think, I don't, I think people, it depends on what side of the argument you're on on this. But to me, there's, there's, there's people out there who are attacking individuals. I don't want to talk about right wing, you know, crazy pundits. I'm talking about people who consider themselves to be feminist. People consider themselves to be pro, you know, pro, pro transgender and, and who are questioning this right? and saying, okay, sports should be different. And, you know, the biological nature of a male is just so dominant. It's making the sport unfair. That's debatable. Like you said, to say it's not debatable, to say and attack people for even questioning this that somehow they're transphobic or you can't, you can't say you're okay with transgender life and yet question this, I think is a hundred percent wrong. I think this is flat out debatable. Oh, 100%. Right. Because don't you think, I mean, Leah is, Leah's kind of opening um, a door, right? Like if, if, if they continue to allow Leah to compete, right? More transgender um, women are going to do the same. And- so, yeah. So I've told you about a woman I follow her name, Megan Murphy, pure feminist, uh, wrote about feminist issues for years and she she's against this and she's also against her well let me step back okay what she has said and in her writings her her position is that a transgender female is in in some cases can be a danger and hurtful and impactful negatively, negatively impactful to women, not the other way. Like you started to say, you know, sports at the beginning, like a transgender male really is not going to impact men's sports, right? To, to any significant degree. Right. But her point is too, also, she talks about prisons and shelters and, you know, obviously locker rooms and all these other things where, whether it's the psyche of a 15 year old or a college swimmer or what have you. And she goes, it should be talked about. She was ostracized. She was crushed oh, I'm just, on I'm Twitter. I'm sure destroyed. Destroyed for, for, for trying to have a nuanced debate. That's the other, you know, we've talked about this all the time. There's nuances to all of this. Right. And 
I'm not sure there's a right or wrong, but the f it certainly should be a conversation and should be debatable without without getting attacked. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. do see more. I do see more people willing to voice their opinions. You do? Okay. Well, that I no, think no. Is a good on, sign. on this particular, on the Leah Thomas issue. Okay. Swimming and winning the national championship. Then I've seen certainly on transgender issues, just in general, without oh, a doubt. Okay. I mean, I'm talking about like people like, you know, sports illustrator writers and others. And there, there's actually a sports, I believe you, I believe it's um, Yahoo sports writer, Pat Ford. Okay. Who, you know, people who don't like Pat Ford's writings call him a woke writer. And, but his daughter is an Olympian swimmer who was beat by Leah Thomas. Okay. And he didn't, he didn't really comment either way uh, to any degree. So people are calling him out for not commenting on it and being woke and that you're, this is your daughter and da da da. Listen, his, he has a right to comment or not comment. Right. Sure. Uh, and that, and that's okay. But yeah. So. Uh, and um, I just read, I think a women's organization is suing, I think the NCAA over her, um, you know, her yeah. Leah Thomas's wins. I mean, we'll see what happens, right? Um, it's interesting, though, because uh, this continues. I thought they were going to resolve this. I don't know. Maybe they can't so the legally N resolve what, it. So what the NCAA did do is they they kind of they kind of punted this decision across ah, okay. NCAA and said it's up to the individual sports governing bodies. So the, the so the you know NCAA swimming or U U.S. swimming and soccer and football and so it's going to be individual. Um, I, listen, is it is it is this a wave of concern? No, but I do think it's a legit topic. And then all people say, or you see people on Twitter say, we got other things to worry about. Yeah, yeah, okay, we we could do two or three things at the same time, right? We could talk about masks and we could talk about gun violence. Like we're not, you know, you know, this, this isn't a binary choice between two things and you can only focus on one. Right. Stop. Like that's ridiculous. So anyway. Um, no, I think we're going to continue to hear a lot more about it, right? Over the next couple of months, for sure. Yeah, well, and listen, we'll see. And, and, and again, this is, if I'm Leah Thomas, I want to swim. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. So it's, listen, it's and a difficult issue. For me, it's not personal against Leah. No, you know, not at it's all. it's not, not about. I, she's probably. Listen, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, you, we were just talking. You're not a, you're not a huge sports person. I am. I played. There's something about sports is, at the end of the day, the winner or champion competed against the other person they beat. In a fair. They they each had the ability to work as hard or not as hard leading up to the season or the game or the individual match, they, for the most part, are within the same, you know, athletic abilities. Right. Um, and to me, that's sports. Right. 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 Yeah. I'm I mean, not I... sure. I'm not sure what we saw over the weekend. fits that definition of sports. It was unfair. Well, and I think a lot of people agree with that. Um, but to your point, you know, a lot of people are afraid to speak up for very, you know, they don't want to be labeled. Yeah. They don't want to have the debate. And, well, you know, but then there's is, people who attack Leah Thomas. Yeah, that's, that's not, not right. 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 That's I agree. bullshit. 
I agree. It's not a yeah, exactly. It's not personal because, to Leah. It's and by the, the way, whole... when you do that, then no one should listen to you. Right. Right. So if that's where you're going to go, you're attacking her for swimming, calling her this, calling her, yeah. you know, n- negative names, then then you've lost all credibility on the subject. So go go be go go shut up. Right. But you know, if you want to have a nuanced discussion, then have a nuanced discussion, and you know, and and be respectful about it. That's all. I do want to ask you, um, latest in Ukraine, inflation, gas prices, um, you know, Biden administration continues. We have two to... minutes. Can I answer it and all that? Yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> give us your two minute thought. I'll give yes. you the right. Uh, Ukraine, just such a shame, continues to go on. Yeah. You know, I'm hoping, I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. Hopefully they could talk. And, you know, Ukraine, I think, clearly has done better than I think the Russians, Putin thought they would. Uh, I do think the stranglehold with sanctions is working. So I do think that is, you know, the question is what's the resolve of NATO, United States, Ukraine, can they hold out long enough to really have Putin second guess and say, okay, let's let the problem you have is a country is getting destroyed. Big cities are getting destroyed. Oh, people, yeah, millions and millions and millions of people are being completely displaced. It's just, it's sad. It's unfortunate. There's no reason for it. I mean, the, At the end of the day, though, yeah. I hope there's you know some sort of peace agreement and you, you know whatever that looks like from a negotiation and and, tr- and peace treaty, if you want to call it that, uh, works out. Uh, inflation continues to be a concern. I do think Biden is being helped a little bit by, this is going to sound terrible, by Ukraine, by a very polished and what appears to be strong Supreme Court justice candidate. So I think that's good for him. Okay. Um, you know, but we'll see where inflation goes. We'll see where gas prices go. Uh, I think it's all going to be impactful in the midterms. Um, yeah, the inf- and then, yeah, and we'll talk about yeah. that next week because inflation yeah. continues to be crazy. Okay, Patrick, where can people find you? Trick GM Fox Five DC. All right, we'll be back next week. Sarah, tell let Dan to put his Duke shirt on. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. All, all right, right, see you bye. later. Bye. Bye.